1: The Timberwolves season came to a close, and we're going to get into that right now. Cal Soderquist joins us from the Timberwolves Radio Network, and Cal's been so generous with his time all season, Uh, joining me on the weekends here and there. And uh, Cal, uh, good to visit with you, and uh, the season is over, and uh, there's really a lot of ground to cover because the the season uh, has had uh, some ups and, and had some downs, that's for sure
2: it certainly has and obviously happy to join you steve and, and i guess the the one positivity element i can bring tonight you know after a, a rough twins loss is <laughs> i can personally guarantee that we won't have to deal with any sort of tough wolves results over the next i'll say week two weeks you know whatever you want to however long you want to stretch it um we're not we're not going to have to worry about that Uh, I think the next time Wolves fans will have to sweat will probably be uh, in late June. I think it's June 22nd when we have that NBA draft lottery. So we're clear for a little more than a month in terms of the Timberwolves.
1: Yeah, and I saw some numbers thrown out by the beat writers, cetera, that the Timberwolves win over Dallas on Sunday night, uh, reduced their lottery odds by around... 5% Five percent of getting a top three pick. I, I don't know if that can be confirmed or what, but I, I saw that number in a couple of spots. So for whatever that's worth,
2: yeah, I think I think Allen Horton had it. Um, I'm not sure if he tweeted it out or, or had it in our broadcast, but I, I think so with that win over the Mavs uh, on Sunday, uh, Minnesota now has. When you include, you know, they can finish first, second, or third and retain that pick. Um, right. And I think it's about twenty-seven percent. It, it could be give or take a few percentage points but like you said they maybe lost four or five percentage points with the victory versus if they were to lose that game um but you know we've heard we've heard from gerson rosas chris Finch and all the players over the last several weeks that you know they they really were committed uh to to finishing out the season strong and trying to build some chemistry or build some, you know, good positive vibes, whatever, whatever you want to call it. Um, so we saw that on Sunday and it, if it did cost some percentage points, I, I guess they were willing to leverage those, um, you know, in the, in the hope of having a little, just more meant uh, more momentum going into the off season, I guess.
1: Yeah, for sure, Cal. And th- this is a theme that, that I've brought up every chance I had. And it was like, get Carla Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell and Anthony Edwards and these guys together on the floor and and see what they can do. Um and and there's been there's been some good and and there's been some bad Malik Beasley being out at the end of the season certainly doesn't help that cause because he figures to be a part of that core group going forward but ultimately with as much money is committed to Cat and D'Angelo Russell and what they invested with that first overall pick on Anthony Edwards I mean you know uh, that that first round pick on Anthony Edwards I mean seeing what they've got is far more important than a few percentage points, in my opinion, in an upcoming draft lottery.
2: I think so. And I think especially, you know, when you factor in just some of the bad luck that they had injury wise with, with both D'Lo and Kat in terms of, you know, we had heard so often about how few games they had played together, uh, basically up until, you know, the, the second half of this season, early March. So they got some games under their belt. I think we really saw, you know, whether it was uh, it was Carl Anthony Towns had some monster games of certainly Anthony Edwards really just kind of blew through whatever rookie wall you know we we kind of anticipated for him. I think he he closed his season out winning three straight uh, Western Conference Rookie of the Month honors. He just got got the the May honor uh, awarded to him officially today. Um, with all those regular season games obviously finished uh, so he closed the season on a flurry and I think maybe the most important guy of the three was D'Angelo Russell and you know we had seen again he had played so few games but we had seen a lot of inconsistencies from him and he just didn't seem to fit in that that system uh, you know that really wanted to push the ball especially to start this season under Ryan Saunders but um, he looked pretty comfortable under Chris Finch, and and it's you know the the pace didn't necessarily change for the offense. It was maybe more just trying to tinker a little bit with some of the guys that shared the floor with D'Lo. You know they got D'Lo off the ball a little bit with uh, Ricky Rubio out there to run the point at times, um, and we really saw some strong play from D'Angelo Russell. Whether it was scoring the basketball, you know where there there were stretches in games where he would just flip a switch and score nine straight points or 12 straight points and really kind of have those heat check moments, uh, from long range, but also the assist numbers were great. So I think that was really important. You know, it's ultimately for this season, it's not going to matter much. Um, but I think just for, for confidence and for what this team kind of now maybe knows that they have with him and, and how he cannot kind of help, uh, moving forward. That was huge.
1: Yeah, and off the floor, everyone had to deal with COVID-19, but Carl Anthony Towns, and it's been well documented what, what is, he's had to deal with, with his mother and other family members, and then ultimately de- dealing with COVID. And then on top of that, you, you have a coaching change, and Ryan Saunders, uh, you make the move to Chris Finch, very unusual in season, they they made that move. And then on top of it, late in the season, Oh by the way, uh, new owners come in to <laughs> to the situation as well. I mean, there were there was a lot going on, and I and I don't think that gets enough attention. I, I mean, sure everybody knows about the coaching change, but but on some level, um, ownership and it, it, it was known that Glenn Taylor was looking to find, and now Mark Laurie and Alex Rodriguez and their partners uh, put together a group, and now it's kind of a done deal, and. That's a big deal as well.
2: It it, it really all adds up to, you know, just an unprecedented season. And you add in the fact that it was kind of a a sprint to the finish, you know, in terms of starting in in late December. They played 72 games. It seemed like there were games every other night, basically. And, uh, yeah, you know, certainly what Carl Anthony Towns has had to deal with, he and his family, basically over the last year and change uh, you don't wish that on anyone and the way he's handled it not only just as a person uh, and as a player on this team but being a leader for this team we got to remember that you know he, he's still he, he's still very young but he's kind of one of the guys with seniority on this team in terms of everyone looks to him to kind of set the tone he has kind of mentioned that throughout this year and he brought it up again today as, you know, several guys kind of met with the media to, to close out the season. Um, and, and he kind of just tried to keep a perspective of, you know, whatever this season has thrown at us. Certainly, you know, I've, I, I can be a firsthand example of, you know, th- this is small potatoes in terms of basketball and in terms of bad losses that we might suffer. So I, I think he just he just did an incredible job as a leader for this team. Um, and, and what he was able to still give to his teammates and, you know, to this coaching staff, certainly. Uh, so that, that's incredible for Cat. I think it's a testament to him. But yeah, just the team as, as a whole, you know, everyone had a great relationship with Ryan Saunders, but, but I think they all would admit that the results just were not there. Um, and and the, the change was sort of necessitated, and, you know, some of the, the worst losses they had. Uh, on this season maybe came right after that change came, you know, middle of the year. And it it was just a lot to throw on this team. And I think that all-star break came at a perfect time for everyone to kind of step away and recharge. And we saw them play better basketball out of that all-star break. And, um, you know, Chris Finch kind of mentioned it today that, you know, the flashes were there. And we, we certainly saw that, especially over these last few weeks but now the the big question for this team going into this offseason and into next year will be it can't just be flashes it has to be a little more consistent it has to be you know 3 out of 4 nights instead of one or two of four nights in terms of the good efforts against you know top quality opponents that's going to be sort of that next step for this team um, you know cuz they played just a few games under five hundred in terms of uh, you know the, the record since the All-Star break and getting Elo and Kat in that lineup and, and all of those things. But it's just a matter of sort of all jumbling that together and uh, taking a, uh, another step with it.
1: Cal Soderquist joining us, Timberwolves Radio Network. They close it out with uh, a great win over Dallas in the finale on Sunday night. They shoot the lights out and hold off the Mavericks in that one. Um, I want to follow up on that. And you you make such a good point, Cal, about consistency. And it's summed up in the games we saw this weekend. The matinee is Saturday against the Boston Celtics. It's like, come on, guys. Um, (laughs) You know, and and Alan Horton does a phenomenal job on the play-by-play. You guys are a great team. You pregame, halftime, postgame, and Alan with the play-by-play. And, and Alan, I, I... was was justifiably frustrated and i think timberwolves fans were frustrated after that game against the celtics and then come back sunday night and play really well and shoot the ball all night and share the ball and anthony edwards was terrific on, on sunday night to close it out so there you go in one weekend you know what, what's going on here from saturday afternoon to sunday night
2: yeah it, it really is a head scratcher and and like you said it's just that two-game sample size, but it kind of sums up, you know, what we've seen from the team yep. on the season as a whole. And, you know, so that Boston game, Minnesota got outscored at the three-point line by 39 points. And in today's NBA, that that is just an insurmountable hole uh, in terms of, you know, if your opponent can can best you from long range like that. And, and Minnesota certainly – had uh you know one of the the worst shooting performances uh, performances in franchise history so it's not many nights that they'll shoot it that bad um but you got to be able to lean on other things if, if you're having a really rough shooting night and they certainly were not able to do that um and and it's almost one of those things where you know are, are you are you happy or excited with the way they bounce back in the season finale and you know chris finch kind of he phrased it as we're going to kind of try to test the human spirit here because you, you you wouldn't fault these guys for you know they're not playing for playoff positioning or anything like that they probably had one eye on the off season that was just one game away but he and his staff really challenged these guys to you know let's let's try to distance ourselves from that that Saturday afternoon showing against the Celtics where if that were your 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 effort to end the season, that that's that's not a great feeling to head into the off season with. So they did a good job of, of coming out against a Dallas Mavericks team that, you know, had all their names, their their big names still out there and were trying to play to maybe um, you know, either tune up for the postseason or, you know, secure some positioning. Uh they still could jostle a couple spots here or there, but Minnesota did the job in terms of you know Getting, getting away from what looked so poor, uh, in that Boston game, but it still is just something where you look at the two game stretch as a whole and they just have to be able to avoid that more often next year because that's something where, um, it, it's just, it, it can't be sustainable. You have to be able to find that, that fifth, uh, fifth gear, that next level where that only happens once a month versus once every three or four games.
1: Cal Soderquist joining us. Cal, a couple of final thoughts before we let you go, and thanks again for the time. Anthony Edwards, any doubt uh, NBA Rookie of the Year? I, I know there's been I, – I, I think for anybody who's watched the Timberwolves and watched him develop over the course of the season, uh, th- there should be no doubt. You alluded to another NBA Rookie of the Month award. Um, I, I, I don't know what he could have done more. it yeah. I, I, he he deserves it in my opinion.
2: I'll I'll be very uh interested to see how it all shakes out because you know, if there's one thing we've learned from sort of uh the end of season awards in this league, whether it's you know, the MVP we've had some great MVP races over the last several seasons, um and, and just some of the, you know, all NBA first teams, that sort of thing. Carl Anthony Towns kind of knows how you can end up on the short end of the, the Voting ballot with some of that stuff, um, and, and I think we've learned that the wins matter a lot to a lot of the voters. So I'll be very curious to see if you know Lamelo Ball gets any sort of an edge, um, just in terms of that Hornets team. You know they they squeaked in in the Eastern Conference uh, play-in grouping, um, and if if that gives him any sort of an edge, he did miss some time to end the season. Uh, I think it was a wrist injury, uh, but. You know, he certainly had a, an impressive year, too, as a rookie, and I'll be very curious to see just in terms of uh, how that's all kind of valued and prioritized amongst the voters. But whether or not he ends up the rookie of the year, I think, you know, the bigger picture for the Timberwolves and, and for ants and for fans is he seems like, you know, the real deal in terms of, we you know, we've watched these games night in and night out, and just the progression that he's shown from – coming off the bench to start this year, uh, all the different hurdles and sort of unique things that any rookie has had to deal with this year with, with no Vegas summer league, uh, very limited training camp and preseason. Um, and just the way that he closed out this season, you know, he seems like a guy who is confident in what he was able to do as the year went on. Um, he's confident in his role with this team kind of, in terms of, you know, how he falls in line with both Cat and Delo and he's, certainly seems comfortable being able to take over for stretches. So I think just overall this team, you know, Carl Anthony Towns has spoken so highly of him. Uh Chris Finch has, has said he loves the ability he can kind of uh push Ant in, in terms of, you know, that coach player relationship and ask more of him night in and night out. So I think it's nothing but good things ahead, even if, you know, you don't get that hardware that sort of uh just kind of confirms what we all saw in this first season. So we'll see. We'll see in a few weeks what the voters decided. But regardless, I think uh, great things are ahead for Ant.
1: All right, Cal, always good to visit with you. Thanks, man. You got it. Thanks, Steve. All right, there he is, Cal Soderquist. You hear him on the Timberwolves Radio Network and here on the flagship News Talk, 830-WCCO, Ian Allen Horton, the play-by-play guy. Great, great combo.